Welcome to this episode of Back to the Point. I'm Rick Goulding, class of 2004, and your host. Today on the podcast, we have President Grace Cotter-Regan. And we had an incredible conversation. We covered kind of all of the exciting things going on uh, on campus with the students at the governance level, with some of the local partnerships that she's been able to form uh, here on Columbia Point. Great conversation, really covered the state of the school. Love talking to her, as always. Before we get to that, some exciting announcements. I am here to tell you that the Murphy Family Stadium is now open. That's right. It's open. And I walked over there today. It looks fantastic. It just, it, it looks like a great place to, uh, to catch a game, come to campus, check it out. And generally, the whole campus has undergone a bunch of changes this summer. And there's been new turf put on McCoy practice field. There's been an upgrade to the main entrance of the school. And I got to walk the whole campus uh, today, and it was awesome. It, the place just looks incredible. So if you get a chance, come back to campus, check out the campus, check out Murphy Stadium, check out McCoy Practice Field. Um, it looks amazing. The 2023 school year is in full swing. Um, so exciting things are happening. Kids are back on campus. Uh, it's an exciting time. Everybody's you know feeling that beginning of the school year energy. Uh, so if you get a chance, come back, check it out. I also want to plug the BC High Instagram, which is at BC High Eagles. I I follow I follow them, and there's just a bunch of great stuff on there. Uh, you get a lot of insight into what's going on day to day. You get to see kind of some of the cool stuff that the students are doing. Uh, highly recommend it. It's a good follow. So at BC High Eagles. That's it for housekeeping. So C- President Grace Cotter-Regan, state of the school. Let's go. All right, welcome to this episode of Back to the Point. We are here uh, on BC High's campus on what turned out to be a beautiful uh, Wednesday uh, here with President Grace Cotter-Regan. I always love sitting down with you at the beginning of a school year. It's just the best time to talk to you about um, everything that's going on. So I refer to these conversations that we have as our state of the school conversations. And um, that's kind of where I want to start today. I want to talk about you know, the school. And the last time we talked was actually September 2020, which we were coming out of the pandemic. We had a long conversation about all that. It was, I think we did it via Zoom, actually. Sure we did. Yeah. So now we're in person. This is wonderful. Um, so I want I want to kind of start there. Since, since September 2020, there's been a lot that's happened. But let's start with the school today. Talk about kind of some of the things that are going on, the state of the school. Let's hear it all. Thanks, Rick. Yeah. So BC High is in a great position, a position of strength. Uh, We're really excited coming into the year with a very strong enrollment year. We have about 1,452 students on campus, which is just remarkable. Uh, Over 200 faculty and staff and coaches, et cetera. So the staffing is incredible. As you know, we have an incredible faculty. So devoted, so committed, Mission at Heart Center. Um, their vocations are so important to us. When I think about 2020 and I think about speaking with other leaders of, of schools and the struggles that they faced, I think about the dedication, devotion of our faculty and staff to our student body. We never missed a beat. Uh, yeah. We certainly work with our faculty and staff to make sure that they felt supported, but our students thrived. We never missed a beat in terms of 
academic excellence. We didn't sacrifice rigor. We supported students uh, with their challenges, you know, whether it was mental health challenges, learning challenges, um, just the challenges we all faced with having to pivot at every juncture. So I think our boys did really, really well. They were very disciplined. And I think we were really creative during that time. Uh, And so the results have been, you know, an openness to change and evolution and how we do things. We've introduced a strategic plan since 2020. So that was uh, established two years ago. Mm -hmm. And we're really um, watching it being executed. So the strategic plan consists of three pillars. Uh, the first is human ec- excellence is how we refer to formation here. So human excellence encompasses the house system, which I know you've talked extensively with our principal, yeah. Adam Lewis, about. But the house system was a big investment and commitment. It was a change in how we formed our boys. Adam and I both felt when we arrived at BC High that BC High felt big and sometimes transactional. And so we wanted it to be more transformational. And so how do we do that? So we actually embarked on a study of other schools, of programs that Adam had looked at and participated in. And we talked about a house system, which is a British model and or a European model, which a lot of places use, but we wanted to make it special to BC High. And so that process for me was so exciting because we, we thought about it, we created it with the students, at, at the center of it all, right. and care and learning, marrying care and learning and pastoral care, how we form our boys. And we it's a vertical model, as you know. There are 12 heads of house who are teachers who teach two, and then all eyes are on those boys. There are 12 house captains and, and vice captains and senior mentors. Uh, there is advisory that goes along with that. So every student-facing person has an advisory group. There's also a guidance counselor attached to each house. And then people like me, anybody who's not necessarily student-facing every day, meaning they are not teaching or on the student life side, we're each assigned to a a house. So I'm in Day House, Dorothy Day House, who is one of my uh, heroines. Um, And I just love the house system, what it's done. I think the other piece that really differentiates the house system is that we embarked on this um, identifying patrons for each house. Six are Jesuits, six are non, either layer religious, but each house has a patron that has three attributes that animate the house. So I just love that we're all thinking about how do we animate our house? How do we think about service? How do we think about care? How do we think about being kind? So it's really differentiated our experience. And so that's a big part of human excellence. The other couple pieces are, you know, we looked at how we, uh, student evaluation, which is a a teacher evaluation process, which students are in it, are able to give faculty feedback. It's private. It's confidential to the faculty member. One of our faculty members, Leslie LaRocca, who's a, a seasoned social studies veteran, she actually modeled it and piloted it for us. And it was really bold. Um, she did her own self-evaluation. The students gave feedback. She saw where the deltas were, where she thought she was, wow, she thought she was hitting it and maybe she wasn't. Mm -hmm. And then there are other areas she didn't think she was hitting it and she was. And so (laughs) for the boys, it gave them a voice, but it also gave us an opportunity for the faculty to really, you know, we always want to be better at our craft or our discipline. And it gave them the opportunity to be open to growth and people embraced it. And I really admire Leslie for taking that opportunity to model that for the faculty and to share the feedback. And so it's a non-threatening kind of 
exercise at making sure that we are the providing our teachers with the best opportunities for professional development. Uh, and so that's been really exciting. And then with the centers of human excellence, you know, we have the five centers of human excellence, yep. uh, four of which are endowed right now. And mm -hmm. that's been really an exciting opportunity for us. Um, the most recent being the DEI center, which is called Imago Dei in the image of God. And so we really, uh, in the image and likeness of God. So we, we love that imagery for our boys and for our community. With the five centers of uh, human excellence, um, our center directors have worked with academic council to think about course designations, which would differentiate our boys yet again, so that each of the centers has a designation. So there are 30 courses this year mm. that will have a designation. So you could have a global designation, uh, an ignition designation, a DEI designation, a leadership designation, an innovation designation, and those will go on your transcript. So oh, that wow. will really differentiate our boys' experience. Um, and we also are introducing a DEI requirement this year, a graduation requirement. Which So I think the work we've been doing on the student experience, student life, really making sure that the boys are really looking at the grad at grad and, yeah. and, and, and bringing that in. So formation is at the heart of everything we do. So it's been very exciting to watch the work of Academic Council, to see uh, the transformation of our boys. Uh, the boys, our students are at Heart Center and they have a voice. And that real, that's very important to both me and Adam. Uh, the second piece of the strategic plan is all around access and affordability. So really excited about the work that we've done with differentiating our community with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, we've, we've really looked at how we um, look at our areas. Uh, you know, we draw from over 80 areas, mm -hmm. cities and towns, and we want to make sure that every student of promise has an opportunity to come to BC High. So what does that mean? Well, when I first started, we were giving less, little less than $8 million in financial aid merit. And that is funded by the annual fund. So thank you to all of you who give to the annual fund. It goes right to student financial aid. And at that point, it was $4.1 million going to the fund for, from the fund to financial aid. And then the other four plus was coming from a draw from our endowment. Our endowment hovers around 86 right now, 86 million, which mm -hmm. is amazing. Mm -hmm. And we take a 4.65 draw off that from endowed scholarships. So about two thirds of our endowment is restricted. So that Delta that at the time was $8 million was covered. Well, now we're giving 11 in 2023. So that's a big Delta to fill. And yet we're committed to making sure that our our community is diverse in every way and that we are meeting students of promise uh, with their financial need. So that's been very exciting. That will be a big component for our fundraising and our campaign going forward. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. Sure. And then the campus plan, which is so exciting. So if you yeah. were here in 2020, a lot of what you see is wasn't here. Right. So we introduced a streetscape. We say a streetscape because it's not a fence to keep people out or to keep people in. It's to kind of mark where we are and that we are in a, our 160th year mm -hmm. at BC High and we'd like to be here for another 160 years. So <laughs> with all of the development happening on Columbia Point, we're really um, excited to partner with all of those uh, developers uh, and also educational partners and institutions. But we really want to make sure people know we're here to stay. And yeah. uh, we feel really excited about the work that the campus plan has provided for us in terms of there's an entrance. It feels like a campus. 
Uh, we actually have a brand new stadium funded by John Murphy and his family, John V. Murphy and his family. Uh, we just completed the renovation of McCoy Field, named after Father McCoy. Uh, Cotter Field still stays mm-hmm. in, and, uh, in Cohane Track. Uh, and Monin Park is just phenomenal. Uh, we introduced HVAC and air conditioning in the uh, original building of BC High. For the first time, we will be be able to be cool and warm whenever we'd like, and <laughs> faculty will be able to uh, handle those controls. And that that sounds little, but it's huge oh, for the no. student experience. Trust me. You know, right? Oh, I remember being yes. in that building and just soaked on on hot days and freezing in the winter. I saw, I actually took my entrance exam for BC High in one of the rooms in that building. And I just remember I was close to the window and I didn't dress warmly enough because I thought, oh, I'm just taking a test. I was shivering like this the whole oh, yeah. time. Yeah. I can't believe I, I did well enough to get in. But um, Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. But I, I do have to say, I walked the campus. Um, Kaylee and, and Joey were actually good enough to bring me around campus today. And I haven't walked this campus and really walked it in, I don't know, probably seven years, maybe more. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I was floored. Uh, the new turf outside, the stadium, Monin Park, just everything. It's it's an incredible place. It's I, so exciting. It feels like a college campus. It, it really does. Mm-hmm. Like a state-of-the-art mm-hmm. college campus. It was incredible. And it's only going to get better. I mean, when you think about what Pat Cadigan did for us with the arts, right. you know, with that, uh, with C- uh, Cadigan Atrium and Cadigan Center uh, in, the, in the gym, it's amazing that the Arupe guys have their own kind of gym and the arts are, you know, displayed everywhere and we use that meeting space and atrium overlooking McCoy Field, which is beautiful. But the fact that Pat, again, uh, gave us that gift of $49 million to, you know, open a new state-of-the-art wellness center, which will, again, transform the, our athletic program. And the whole idea around the physical spaces is really to align with the excellence that we have in the academic program and the co-curricular program. So we want the boys to feel that they're aspiring to be the more, you know, to be the majus and to give the boys um, those competitive opportunities. Uh, the pool is going to be a great addition. The weight room, the locker rooms to have adequate space, uh, the cardio, uh, a wellness kitchen, some new entryways. Um, it's really exciting and it really marries the school. It kind of connects it with like kind of a spine. Um, if you recall, I remember my dad's office was in Walsh Hall and the breezeway, which you had to take the breezeway, go outside to go to Walsh Hall. And now that all connects where the Hall of Fame is, it's really incredible. And then the thing that I am most excited about, which I make a joke about, but I'm serious about this. uh, We, as we were embarking on uh, the field or the new stadium, uh, we, you may recall, you might've seen a few porta potties on the campus. Uh, They were supposed to put some restrooms when Monin went in um, and they did not. And so the city required us to put restrooms in, and that will be my legacy. Jim Cotter has Cotter Field. Grace Cotter has restrooms, and I'm quite proud of it. Um, and then also, um, I know, is that funny? And then the the uh, the maintenance building is also out. Uh, it's a prefab building that we put out by Monin. Mm, so that. it allows us to take that old garage down by Loyola, 
um, oh, right. spruce that up a little, and we're actually going to put robotics there, oh. um, which I think was really nice to see some signage about innovation and robotics coming off the boulevard so people can see themselves here and see the excitement and the innovation that's happening. So it's been it's been very well thought out. Again, how, do we, how are we doing all this? We are going to be launching a campaign. We're in a quiet phase of a campaign or the early phase of our campaign, which we've had great success, so many generous gifts that have come in that you'll hear more about. But, you know, uh, we've announced a few of them. The Cadigan gift is one, um, the Mike White gift, which uh, helped transform the house system and the HVAC yep. in, uh, in the old building. Um, a number of people have endowed houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Carroll's endowed the center, uh, the Imago Dei Center. So it, people are really investing in the school. And to me, that's a shot of confidence in the arm of who we are, our philosophy. Um, it feels really good to have people want to make that investment in us. Mm-hmm. And our goals are lofty, um, but I think they're doable. And we are just blessed with so many incredible alumni who have um, made BC High a priority for them, whether it's present giving or legacy giving or estate giving. So there's many ways to support BC High. Um, I think I'm most touched when people endow a scholarship um, because those scholarships go right to the student experience. And right. I know my dad's scholarship funds two students um, that started out as memorial gifts years ago. Um, my dad retired a, cu- a couple times and we had a few events for him in his retirement. And then when he was sick with ALS, people donated for the last campaign. I said to Bill Kameza, you know, people haven't given to the campaign, but they might give to my dad's scholarship. And they did. Mm-hmm. And so that's close to uh, like leaning up to his $900,000 right now. So think about that. That's, you know, over a 34 year period, but it will, um, help students going forward. And I'm really grateful for that and, and for the support. So there's a lot happening. Yeah. Um, it's busy. That's yeah. all I can say. A couple just things to share with the community is that uh, Kevin Powers, who is class of 85 and a parent of Brendan, class of 16, has taken over as board chair, mm-hmm. uh, replacing Father McFarland, Father Michael McFarland, who's the former president of Holy Cross, presently the president of the Gregorian Foundation uh, mm-hmm. in D.C., Father McFarland did a phenomenal job. He really helped me uh, lead through the strategic plan, led the board in such a way that we are in such a strong place right now from a, you know, fiduciary uh, experience as well as just, you know, our, we're very clear on who we are, where we're going, mm-hmm. and what our what our mission is. And so, I'm really grateful to Father Michael McFarland for his leadership, along with Serge Georges, vice chair of the board, mm-hmm. uh, who we uh, speak of all the time. And Serge is staying on as the vice chair. We have an incredibly diverse and qualified board who are just filled with talent, love of the school, uh, just you know, stewards of our mission, care deeply, work directly with the administration on all of our decisions. And again, our members of a house, each, each trustee is a member of a house. Oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah. And that oh, was one of the things awesome. I wanted. I said, I want you to have this experience. So when they come on campus, they go to house meetings, they uh, communicate with the heads of house, with the leaders, um, and they support everything that we do. So for instance, when we had the mass of the Holy spirit last week, which is a Jesuit tradition mm-hmm. that every Jesuit school in the globe has, uh, at the beginning of the year, the trustees who were here sat with their houses 
And so it just shows that kind of like legacy piece for our students that, you know, here's a, you know, Kevin Power is a board chair. He's not sitting on the stage. He's sitting with his house. So there. it's yeah, kind of that. servant leadership at yeah. work. So it's that's, been really exciting and fun. That's so cool. I didn't know they were members mm-hmm. of houses. That's really cool. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I wanted to just touch on um, Kevin coming on. I was at the Ocean's Edge event this summer and got to hear a little bit about Kevin, you know, Kevin speak a little bit. It just sounds like it, it's it's a it's an exciting time on the board with him stepping up. I mean, I, I know uh, Father McFarland did a great job, but um, uh, it sounds like Kevin's got a lot of energy and is ready to kind of do some stuff on the board. Um, and I do want to tell you, Kevin, if you're listening, uh, you will be on this podcast at some point. We're coming for you. Uh, you're going to be one of the guests. But it sounds like there's a lot of really cool things going on at the governance level as well. Yeah, Yes, it is. And, and governance is so important to us, as we know. And um, I'm really excited. Kevin and I are going to a Jesuit Schools Network conference mm-hmm. this uh October for presidents and principals. I'm president. I'm sorry. We're going to this conference for presidents and board chairs. And so the JSN is the Jesuit schools network, yeah. which is our national organization. All Jesuit schools belong to it. I actually was just appointed to the board, to the national oh, board. Congratulations! Thank you. Which is, I'm really excited because um, there are so many great things that we'll be doing. So there's been some transitions on the province level and in Jesuit world. So the Jesuit conference in, in DC oversees the Jesuit network and the Jesuit conference is made up of the four provincials, which used to be 10 provincials. Now it's four. We did a strategic alignment. So there are four uh, and there's a president of the Jesuit conference. So each of those um, provinces has a PACE office, which is um, a pro- the provincial assistant for secondary and pre-secondary education. Mario Powell, who served on our board, who's a Jesuit, mm-hmm. Uh, he is now the provincial assistant for secondary and pre-secondary. He also was appointed to the JSN board with me. And then Father Bob Reiser is president of the Jesuit conference. And so what's been really ex- exciting on that level is that um, there, when we did the strategic alignment and the, the mergers, not that anything got lost, but things got moved. Mm-hmm. And now we've all been in our roles a number of years, so now we can kind of step back and say, all right, what are what's the role of the conference? What's the role of the Jesuit Schools Network? What's the role of the PACE office? And what kind of supports can we provide to our schools? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I talk about formation, board formation and formation all the time. Like, how do we form the next generation of leaders? Uh, what does that bench look like? Who are the next heads of school? Who are the next principals? How do we look at our own faculty and staff and identify folks who can could benefit from an Ignatian experience? And how do we how do we make that happen? And how do we look around and say that person has potential or they've self-identified as I really want to be a principal? How do we make that happen? So I feel really um, committed to the work and have had conversations at the national level and the province level about who's doing what, how can we do it more collaboratively? Um, what can we provide for our faculty staff? What can we do for our boards? You know, when you think about the boards are tasked with being the, you know, the fiduciary agents of the school, um, and they've been, je- many of them have been Jesuit educated, but what does formation look like for the board? Mm. Um, and that's a conversation at the national level and the local level too on the East Coast of how can we do a better job offering those opportunities for continued Ignatian pedagogy, continued Ignatian um, formation for not only our board, 
but our faculty, staff, alumni, students, and friends. So, you know, we do a great job with the students in terms of all that we do here at BC High, but we've, um, we've embarked on some programming with the Jesuit community to offer opportunities for the alumni and, and parents, which is terrific. Uh, we have a new Jesuit joining us, Father Michael Davidson, who is a Jesuit from Boston College. Uh, he works uh, in the campus ministry and Montserrat program. Um, he works with a lot of students uh, in the Courage to Know program, which is a first year experience. I did. Um, you did? Oh, yeah. I did. I did not know that. I was at BC. Wow. I did the to know. Okay. It was a great program. Mm-hmm. Couldn't speak highly enough. It's just an amazing program. So he's, he's coming on our board. He's uh, Jamaican. I've known him since he left Jamaica and uh, came to the States. Um, he brings a, an esprit de corps to all that he does. Uh, we both actually worked in the Arupe volunteer program at Boston College. He leads the Madras trip to Jamaica. Mm. I led the trip to Belize for about four years, four or five years. And then I did the Belize trip here with our boys, but I had been a Jesuit volunteer in Belize. So I have a great history with oh, them. Wow. So I think he's going to bring um, a formation piece. He also worked a lot with um, the Ahana Alana group at BC. So the commitment to DEI, I think he'll be a great um, mentor to our new um, director of the Imago Dei Center, Dennis Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's 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 exciting to have another Jesuit on our board. So we'll have Father McFarland and Father Michael uh, and that nice relationship with Boston College. So it's yeah. been really exciting. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of really cool stuff going on. Yeah. Um, uh, you touched on this a little earlier, and I wanted to make sure um, I came back to it because I think it was something that you and I talked about in 2020, actually. BC High integrating itself more and more into the city, into the Columbia Point community. Um, I was just hoping you could talk a little bit about that. You mentioned getting to work with some of the developers in the area and things like that. Um, where does that where does that kind of stand and, and what's been the most, you know, the recent experience with all that? Sure. So I think you may recall if, if you, if you don't, I'll, I'll go back to 2020. When I first arrived in um, 18, we were, we we're kind of on an Island on our own. There wasn't a lot of interaction with the point, even though we, we had relationship with a relationship with UMass and JFK and EMK and uh, the globe when it was the globe and right. some of the partners around the Denny center, um, Bobby Scannell leads that, um, the Corcoran's. And yeah. so there were lots of folks around us that we interacted with, but not necessarily formally. And when the globe was bought by Nordblom, uh, we, uh, we did a lot of the community meetings here for them. Um, we work with a guy, a gentleman by the name of Todd Fremont Smith, who Colleen Carter introduced me to. And as I was speaking with him, I said, wouldn't it be great to get all of our partners together and mm-hmm. think about how we could be a force and how we could work together, whether it's around infrastructure, the T, uh, K-Circle. I mean, there's it's so complicated in this city-state because there are three or four entities that over, have oversight of various parts of Morrissey Boulevard, K-Circle, um, Moakley Park. Mm-hmm. It, it's complicated. So we put together a group called Point Partners, and I reached out to those folks w- through Colleen and said, why don't we meet at BC High? Um, we consider ourselves at the time Switzerland because we we're right in the middle. And <laughs> we didn't really have a dog you know, in the fight in right. terms of we just wanted to make sure our boys were safe and yep. that we were participating in any kind of 
um, enhancements on Morrissey or making sure that we understood what was happening, whether it's the water table or sustainability or whatever. Um, So we've embarked, we embarked on that relationship and it's become a, not a formal group, but we consider ourselves kind of a formal group in that we partner, we meet, we try to meet monthly. Uh, we put each other's agenda on our, each other's agenda. Uh, so we have an agenda every month where you can present your project, what's happening. Uh, if you are going for approvals, we might work together to say, hey, anybody who wants to write a letter to support the Martin J. Richards uh, field house, you know, this yep. is how you do that. Or the Cadigan Center, Wellness Center, yep. this is how you do that. Or um you know, the Southline project across the street or any of the developments around here. Um, Dorchester Bay City is a huge program that has just been approved that will be, you know, working with them. But there's all kinds of impact with all of these projects around the point on Marcy Boulevard, the flooding, um, mm-hmm. K-Circle in the traffic, yep. the T and security and safety. So yep. uh, we've tried to band together to work with the electeds and with the various community groups to make sure they know we're here, um, that we're not, at, that we are um, value add, that we're not, um, you know, we're not working against them. We're trying to do the best for the community. So it's been really well received. Um, we've we've had notice from the mayor's office, uh, the governor's office, uh, and the various state department offices. Um, they see us as a, a valuable resource. Um, and that we're working together. So it's been it's been very exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to um, what happens over the next ten years because everything's moving this way, and right. it's, it's happening. I mean, if you if you think about it, if you haven't walked around in seven years, oh yeah, just BC High, walk around the point. It oh, feels yeah, completely different. I should do right? that for it's sure. Really interesting. Yeah. yeah, and and when you came on in eighteen, I can imagine that this maybe it was on your radar, but this level of type of partnership and engagement with the community partners, was that something you anticipated or something that kind of developed and, and yeah, I think, you know, my experience, I've always been a collaborative person. I've always reached out to relationships because especially if you were in a certain geographic area. So for instance, when I was at, when I went to St. Mary's and Lynn, I knew not a soul. And here we are in this beautiful city with so much, I mean, they, they vote in wards, they are so politically active. There's so much happening in Lynn, and it's a pretty political place. I mean, yeah. they they th- that model is just really powerful. We had no relationship with anybody. We had many electeds and many people running businesses or bank managers or running the Lynn item that were alumni of mm-hmm. St. Mary's, but we didn't really have an entree. So I just started going to community meetings, and I kind of use the political model of just showing up and whether it was a fundraiser or a friend raiser or an information, they had a business association. I joined Mm. the chambers, the North shore chamber, uh, the Lynn chamber of commerce, and then made St. Mary's a valued partner so that they saw us as value add and they were include us in a lot of decision-making. And so I, I, when I came to BC high, I pretty much adopted the same model saying we can't be looking down and, and, not looking out and everything's coming to us. So we need to be partners. We need to look at what are the resources around the point that can help our students, whether it's internship programs or um, whether it's jobs or whether it's parking. I mean, we're going to have a parking issue with this 
wellness uh, build, and we're trying to figure out how can we partner with one of our our partners in on the point to see could we lease spaces, could our kids, yeah. you know, walk, could we park at UMass, could we park at the Globe? So there's things like that that I think um, have been really valuable. And again, I think that I tend to be the voice of that group mm-hmm. um, because I'm not a political person. I'm not in the midst of all of that. I'm kind of we're school in the middle of it all. Yeah. Um, but it, it has been very good to have advocacy for the the area. Yeah. Um, and who knows what's going to happen? I mean, down the road, there could be some funding that comes to us as a group that might enhance, you know, Morrissey yeah. or that K circle changes and it becomes a bridge. I don't know, you know, yeah. um, what it looks like, but it, it's been, it's been really um, a good approach to partnership and people see us as transparent as well. So we're, working with the community groups to let them know what's happening. So yeah. There's no surprises and right. people don't feel like we are taking over or taking advantage of, of our place on the point. Yeah. No, yeah. that sounds, so it sounds like you, that was part of your background to have this level of engagement with folks around you. Um, but it sounds like it's gone extremely well mm-hmm. and you've had a lot of great relationships form and that sounds awesome. I'm, I'm really interested in that because it, it does feel like this, the, the area obviously has changed and it just seems really mm-hmm. cool that we're in the middle and we're going along with it and we're, we're engaged. So that's great. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, a couple of questions about you, um, sure. if that's all right. Of course. Um, so you've been here for about five years now, right? And um, what's something you learned about yourself over those five years that you, maybe you didn't know beforehand? It's a great question. Well, you know, coming into the role, I knew what I could bring to the role in terms of relationships are really at the heart of everything I do. Um, my legacy here in terms of my dad, um, growing up here in many ways, growing up with the Jesuits, Boston college, yep. um, knowing, the Jesuits as a whole and working for the province. Um, also having a son who was a student here. Um, what I, I guess what I didn't know is how important that those relationships would be. Um, that, that, um, you know, kind of the understanding of the history of BC high of who was, who were those champions and those giants that we have followed. Um, I guess, holding on to the legacy of, of who BC High is and, and was and making sure that we hold those people up. A good example is Barbara O'Brien Miller. <laughs> Barbara O'Brien Miller is one of my heroines. She, um, she is so beloved at the school, did such incredible work with our, um, our students at, in her role as a director of diversity. Um, she brought people together. She was a force of change. She was a force of good. Um, she just made you better. And, you know, she retired and I never thought she should have retired because she will always have a place here. So for me, I know my own son, Mo, developed under her in terms of her leadership and he, she engaged him in all kinds of um, relationships. And she and my dad had this really beautiful relationship and they were the most opposite people in the world. If you think about Jim Cotter and Barbara Brian Miller, he used to call her his most, his only unathletic friend. And, uh, and he would say, you know, she's just too good. And so, but they would work if there was a student situation or a student struggling, 
he is a guidance counselor and a coach and she, in her role, they would work together to make sure that that student was supported. And I learned so much from them in the way they cared for our boys and cared for kids who might've felt marginalized, who didn't feel like they saw themselves at BC High, mm. who, who were struggling, whether it was, you know, a student who had, um, you know, learning challenges or a student who took the train in every day and never saw someone who looked like him and, you know, got to BC High and didn't feel like he fit. Mm -hmm. And so she found ways to help students see themselves at BC High and help them to succeed. So I think about people like that. And I think about um, all of those institutional relationships and the alumni relationships. I mean, I'm able to recall uh, it's kind of like you put the map up and I'll be talking to someone saying, well, you remember, and his mother was, and her sister was, and they actually donated the this. And, or, you know, I remember when I was little, I went to this mass with that Jesuit and his sister was. And so that kind of the, you know, kind of mapping the BC High alumni parents, um, <laughs> friends kind of, uh, relationships has been really important. And I think that's been the continuity there is really important. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that I didn't know about myself was that, and I still am challenged by this, but, um, you know, I think I've said this to you before, but in my role as a president of a Jesuit school, you're hired or fired by the board of trustees, yep. but you're missioned by the provincial. And to me, that's the most important part of my role. Uh, I'm missioned to be the steward of director of the work, but the steward of the mission. So I take that to heart and I feel that that is my responsibility to make sure we are walking the walk, talking the talk, doing what we're doing and being transparent about it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been uh, a good learning and, and, and understanding that I make every decision with mission at heart center. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm very careful about our fiduciary uh, commitments because I want to make sure that we can um, hold them and keep them to be true and to follow through on everything that we commit to. Uh, and then the final thing, I, I guess, is, uh, you know, I'm a very, if you ask me about my leadership, you know, I, I, I suppose I'm a servant leader, first and foremost, and I believe that. Um, humility is at the heart of everything I do. It's about BC High. It's not about me. Uh, there are times that I have to remind people I am the president and that it's not about me, but it's about the role. Like, you sh I should have a presence somewhere, or if you want me here, there's something symbolic about having the president buy in on that. And yeah. so um, I'm not a top-down person. I try to be really collaborative. Um, I let people do their jobs. I, you know, I value talent. I invest in talent. And uh, it's, and we have an incredibly talented um, faculty and staff uh, and people who just care so deeply about the mission and care about the boys. So to me, that's what drives me. And yeah. so that's what keep, that's what kind of keeps me going in that um, there's so much to do, uh, and and I know my shelf life. You know, I I'll know when it's time and when it's time for a new leader at BC High. I'm not there yep. yet, yep. and I still have a lot to do. Uh, I really feel blessed to have Adam as a partner in mission. Uh, he has been an incredible principal, uh, and I'm really grateful to those who have gone before us. So people like Steve and Bill, you know. There, we keep them close because Bill Kameza had an incredible legacy here, uh, and he's someone who deserves to be engaged and loved in the way he loved and engaged this community. Um, Steve Hughes is still a big part of our community, and I look at those giants, whether it's my father, Paul Hunter, you know, uh, Jack Dempsey, Barbara Brian Miller, others, 
um, you know, who, who just made this school what it is. Um, so that's, I guess, those are things that I think about all the time. And I remind myself about, I reflect a lot and it's very Ignatian to step back and reflect. Um, every year I do, you know, my consolation and desolation. Every day I do the examine to figure out what I'm grateful for. And, and I'm, there's an abundance of, of joy and, and gratitude here, but also what do I need to work on? So I'm pretty self-actualized that way. Um, and being a woman in this role is really interesting. People ask me about that all the time. I never thought about it, but it is different. Um, it is, uh, when I talk to parents, I say all the time, like I've done a lot of different things, but the best thing I bring to the table is I'm a parent of two boys. Uh, and I understand, you know, boys. And yeah. so, um, and I, I think, I think back to my dad and my dad would always say, sometimes young men just need a, how you doing? And to feel seen. And, and we talk about, I, and Adam probably shared this with you, but we lead now when we talk to parents, alumni, students, we say, we want to know you. We want to see you. We want to love you. We want to know your story and you're part of the bigger story. So, uh, it's the kind of the tapestry of BC high. So. Yeah. That's amazing. Last question. And I, and I think this is a great one uh, to, to end with uh, 23 to 24 school year. We're in it now. We just started. We're rocking. What are you excited about for this, uh, this group of students? What are you excited about for the school year? You know, what, what's, what's coming up that we're just rock, you know, ready well, for? I think what I'm most excited about, and this may sound, uh, may lack depth, but I don't think so. Um, <laughs> it's that there's a spirit at PC High. And I would say when I arrived in 1918, uh, I felt that the student voice wasn't here. I felt like the spirit of the school that I knew and loved when I was in high school, the Notre Dame BC High relationship, but also the spirit of the school, the students, they did a lot. They put a lot of pressure on themselves. They were high achievers. There's no doubt in my mind that we had incredible kids, but there was just a, a miss on student voice and student spirit. And I feel like it's here um, through the house system, through our activities, our co-currics, through uh, athletics, through the Dever Players, which is our arts group, through the arts department with our arts council. We've introduced a lot of councils, um, whether it's the diversity council or um, the arts council or, uh, you know, the work with the centers in, in the opportunity for leadership. So student voice, student leadership, innovation, uh, getting students to feel really good about succeeding, but equally as excited about failing and kind of iterating and knowing that that's the new way of proceeding in terms of how our world is. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you talk to our entrepreneurs out there who are alumni and, you know, uh, they tried 10 times, the 11th time, maybe it worked, but the learnings that they found and the resilience and the grit and the confidence and ability to try again and pick yourself up. So for me, that's super important. I think the second piece is just our formation opportunities here for the entire community. Mm -hmm. You know, we're grounded in Christ. We have sacramental life, which I think it's so important. We're so grateful to the Jesuits for providing our house masses, our school masses, you know, reconciliation, the rosary, um, ways to pray, uh, ways to engage students, the retreats for athletics and for other co-curricks. Um, you know, the, student, the Ignatian Center uh, for Formation Identity, the 
Kairos retreats, the service projects, the the Might Box. It's the hundredth anniversary of the Might Box. Oh wow! That is a big deal for our school. Oh wow! That to me is a signature moment in our school to Love say we've been box. doing this. You know, the Lazarus Project, um, the St. Louis Project, those projects that get students out into the community that you can't explain to people, but that experience of just being selfless and just accompaniment, you know, mm -hmm. of accompanying folks. Um, I t whenever I tell the story, and I don't do it in a showy way, actually, a an alum once said to me, I just don't understand why don't you get any press on the, you know, the Globe or, or one of the, uh, you know, network shows should do a, a, a story on the Lazarus Project. And I said, we don't do it for that reason. We do it for, you know, to accompany. So Lazarus, for those of you who don't know what that is, we have a partnership with Arch Street, the Shrine at Arch Street, and Jed Dolan, who is uh, one of our um, dear friends and a parent uh, whose dad is an alum, and uh, they have a big legacy family. Um, they own Dolan Funeral Home. And so when they get a call from Arch Street of a homeless person or a veteran that dies alone, they call us. And our boys serve as pallbearers, or our faculty and staff will accompany as well, do the readings. We get there, the boys get to know the person's story, they carry the casket up to the, the mass, they carry the casket down, and that person is accompanied uh, to God. And to me, those are the moments at BC High that you can't make up, and mm -hmm. that, that, those, that impact on those students is just remarkable. And when you tell someone that story, that's who we are. It's so um, being men for others, right? Men and women for others committed to a faith that does justice and um, accompanying people. So, I I love I love those those programs that we have, but um, and and those traditions, uh, and the fact that we integrate that into the student experience. That it's as Adam would say, um, you know, we the head, heart, and hands. You know, we can do the heart, the head, and the hands. Um, but if we haven't moved your heart here at BC High, then we haven't done our job. So I believe that. And um, I think that that's what is most exciting for me. Um, from a just last piece, we are in an accreditation year. Um, so our NEASC accreditation happens every 10 years. So that's a big piece of this year for us. Um, but I think it's exciting because we've done so much great work. And when I read the NEASC report from 10 years ago, we're in such a different place mm -hmm. uh, and a great place, but we're even in a better place and in a position of strength. And um, I look at our team and I just think they're incredibly talented and loving and committed to this institution and the mission. So we're really blessed. It's an abundance of blessings. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. All of it is exciting. Yeah. Well, Grace, thank you so much for taking time on your schedule to be here today. I always love talking to you at the beginning of the year and um it's just, it, I had a blast. So thank you so much. For thank being you. Here. It's, and thanks for doing this. This is awesome. I'm excited. Thank you. Great. All right. That does it for this episode of Back to the Point. Thank you to President Grace Cotter Regan for coming on, taking time out of her schedule to talk a little bit about uh, everything that's going on, which as you heard, is there's just a lot. Uh, it's all really good, but it's, it's a lot and it's exciting. So uh, thank you to her for uh, spending the time with me. Thank you to Kaylee Manin, who has been instrumental in putting this all together getting us uh up and running again uh we are back officially back to the point is back we'll be recording these regularly and, and kaylee's just been incredible uh at every turn and and help getting this started again so thank you to kaylee i also want to thank kristen brophy who is our editor uh and who i affectionately refer to as the fairy pod mother 
So thank you for, uh, thank you to Kristen for all, all your help as well. Um, I do want to plug, uh, if any of you listening have any feedback or want to suggest any guests or anything like that, please email back to the point at bchigh.edu. Back to the point at bchigh.edu. Kelly and I will both be paying attention to that inbox. We're going to read your emails. We're going to take them seriously. And we really want to make this something that you're excited about and interested in. So uh, send us your thoughts and uh, and we'll we'll be sure to uh, incorporate them. Uh, last last thing before we go, thank you to all, all of you for listening. Um, I love doing this. And that's why I came back to do it again. Um, and I really appreciate everybody who listens to this. So uh, we have another exciting podcast coming up soon. I'm not going to tell you who it is quite yet, um, but we're looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time.